Hey, Tim. How's it going? Well, it's going fantastic, David. I am here day, what is it, 26 of the life stoppage, government-imposed life stoppage. We got a fresh dusting of snow out there in uh, April. We had snow here too, but it melted. It did it? Okay. Well, I'm hoping this melts today, but uh, we shall see. Yeah. I'm uh, at the end of my two-week mandatory quarantine. I'm very happy because I've only eaten takeout Chinese food, breakfast, lunch, and dinner for two weeks. I have not left. I've listened to all of the rules. Um, yeah. And so I'm very grateful. But I don't know, is it, is it the time I got on the plane? Is it the, like when, at what time today does the government let me out of my house? I don't know because... Like, yeah, was it step onto the plane, step off of the plane, but I'm still in the airport. There's people in the airport. I don't know. Right. Was it the moment you crossed the border? Yeah. When in the air was I in Canada? Because if I'm flying within Canada, there's no quarantine. So I suppose once I'm, yeah, that's a good one. I need to figure out when I was technically in Canada in the air. Right. Um, and if you're if you're playing if you're flying from one point to another in Canada and your plane makes a detour over U.S. airspace, is that definitely quarantine? I think so. Yeah. It's only fair. But so I'm I'm very I'm very glad to get some fresh air for the first time in two weeks. Well, that's good. But so we wanted to talk about the this quarantine generally and and whether. I mean, we can talk about whether it's ethical, but I think most people don't even understand why ethics would apply here. They just think, oh, well, we have to protect people. It's the government's role to force us to protect people. Of course, right. that's ethical. So I'm worried we might go down like a rabbit hole into, um, you know, ethical theory of government generally, which, you know, we mostly right, right. agree on. Um, but why do you think it's important to talk about whether or not this shutdown is ethical? Well, I think it's important to hammer home to people why this is unethical, right? Uh, I, I don't think a lot of people understand it or don't have a, a, uh, a theory to explain what they know in their gut that this is stupid and uh, harmful, right? Um, you know, like they're doing... But those are like two saying, different things. Stupid, right. harmful, and unethical are three different issues. Well, fair enough. Uh, they, they can... You know, while some of the arguments I hear are, well, how many people are going to die from the shutdown because of suicide, right? So what they're doing there is they're weighing deaths versus deaths. And they're making a utilitarian argument about what set of policies are best, right? And again, this comes down to what is the government there for, right? Um, And it's there to protect the individual. It's not there to protect the collective. It's not there to support collective rights or something like that. And this, this is only being looked at through collective eyes right now right? Mm-hmm. and so to, to um, explain this what you have to do is look at the mechanism of how this virus is spread i'm perfectly safe i will never get exposed to the virus if i just sit on my couch and don't move or if i put myself in a bubble i and have you, the means mm-hmm. to, to, to make myself to, to take on zero risk when it comes to this virus that's well yeah. within my power i don't need government to protect me here i can take that risk myself Yet I choose to go to work and uh, I'm not just going to any job. I'm going to a job that brings me into the heart, the epicenter of viral loads. That mm-hmm. sounds dirty. To me. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I'm, I'm going where the viral loads are the highest, dude. And, uh, and yet 
you know, I'm, I'm willing to take that risk. Why? Because to me, the risk of getting coronavirus, even though it's pretty high, the risk of, uh, of unemployment to me is worse. Right. And so I'm, I'm making that call. The government shouldn't be making that call for me. Now, the only way I can get coronavirus is if I expose myself to risk. And that's, a, that's true of almost every single individual. So mm-hmm. this, this narrative that if, you, if you're leaving your house, you're killing people uh, is just not true. Uh, your people who leave their house are, are killing themselves if anything. Uh, right. Right. Well, but, but here's the thing. It is true that if people have freedom, uh, to leave their house, more people will die of coronavirus. Just like it's true that if people are free to drive, more people are going to drive, are going to die from car accidents. Yeah. And, and so this is what we need to understand is that government is not there to, to, manage our risk for us we need to be free to manage our own risk we need to be free to do uh, to take on risk to fail to make mistakes we need to be free to do things that may likely kill us even um and and government's job is to protect that right it's to stop people it's to use force to to uh, to protect our right to take risks so if anything if there's a guy in my neighborhood saying everyone needs to stay home or maybe uh there's an army of Karens out there, like a militia arm of, of uh, Karens that just say, we're going to take up arms and we're going, to, uh, we're, we're going to use guns and we're going to force everyone in this whole community to stay indoors, to protect, uh, to, to stop deaths. Okay. Government's job is to put down those Karens, not to be the Karens. Right. And, and that's exactly what's happening right now. Well, I think, I, yeah, I think, I mean, people have the exact wrong view of what government is and really what rights are, because when you think, you know, the common thing that we have a right to health care, well, if the government deems the best way to give you the health care is to forcibly lock everyone in their homes, that's, you know, acceptable. I saw it trending on Twitter, it was like something like 12,000 to 22,000 Canadians. That's the estimate of how many Canadians will die of coronavirus, and everyone's freaking out that many deaths shut like forcibly like get the military in here we need to lock everyone in even more so because you know oh my goodness 12 to 22,000 people will die but first of all there is no information about maybe a lot of these people were going to die this year anyways right there's I mean there's a lot of other information that's needed but I think fundamentally People have a right to freedom of action. People have a right to make their own decisions. And this idea that because someone might make the wrong decision and someone with, you know, who's older or has, you know, is immunocompromised, that they might make the wrong decision. The government has to force everyone else to do what they think is right. It it just, it doesn't make any sense, but I don't, I don't know how to translate it to the people who think this is the role of government, right? Because it's like a fundamental issue. And this is just a very uh, clear case of when um, the two sides are at odds, right? And I, I've been talking to friends who really take it like, I, so I, like I'm going to go to Port Stanley, Ontario for a month and rent a cottage there. Because like, why not? I may as well go somewhere pretty. Um, and I invited some friends. Do you want to come for a few days? And some are like, no, what do you mean? I'm not allowed to leave the house. The government says I can't leave the house. And it's like, what? <laughs> right? Um, but it's just, so I'm, I'm still confused by, th- this situation has really, in my mind, 
brought to my attention how nonsensical many people are. And so I'm, this has made me confused about the state of society more than anything. Well, it's, it's laying bare how dependent uh, people's thinking is on government, right? And, um, you know, I, I, I wonder if it's always been this way. Like, certainly Germans seem to go along with an evil regime without any problem, right? And, and the, mm. the people that went along with that evil regime would have probably called themselves good, upstanding, law-abiding citizens of the highest moral character. Um, well, why? Why was that? Why was it that they were just going along with this? Why weren't they thinking for themselves and questioning why this, you know, I, that's a good question. I, well, one reason might be that, uh, you know, Germany or Prussia before that was the birthplace of uh, public education. And that, that was the whole intent of public education was to dumb down the citizenry into uh, uh, a, an obedient um, class of, of people that would follow orders and be cannon fodder if needed need be and you know maybe that explains why people are so apt to just accept at face value that we have to do this and then and then there's this weird intermingling of science and politics that we constantly see in the climate change uh debate or whatever don't use science right well yeah exactly And, and it's like they, they can't separate the two and it's like if if science says that that the, the that the climate's changing or that there's going to be some catastrophic effects well then obviously it goes without saying that government ought to do something about that that we right? need to force everyone right. to listen so, to the science so they make this jump that because science is issuing facts that 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 is that science is saying translates to an ought that government ought to do uh well, I think yeah. you've mentioned a couple of times the statheism, which we need to do an episode on. But I think that's really what it comes down to is, you know, we growing up, I was told government is good. If there's something good that has to be done, government does it. And one of the first kind of things that opened my eyes and made me start, you know, changing my mentality was a friend just saying he thinks young people need to be more creative in their solutions like young people in particular, oh, there's a problem, let's get government to fix it. And it's just like their catch-all, right? And, and so it's, they don't think they need to think and create and, and build the solutions they want. There's actually a funny quote in Bombshell by, um, what's the guy's name, Roger Ailes. I, I really like the quote. He says something like, liberals are people who are too entitled or who want the world to change, but are too entitled or lazy to build it themselves. Right. And so like, that's, that's, yeah. it's very true. Um, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, and so I, summer. and I think for, you know, for this issue, it really does come down to people. I mean, it's the, we've talked about how it's like a mix of altruism and egalitarianism, egalitarianism and stuff. And the reason is they think what's ethical is saving every life possible. Like that is the old, like that is the metric, and I agree it's an important thing. We don't want people to die, but it's die at what cost, right? And so, right. should the government force everyone to give a kidney donation? I'm right. sure lots of people die every year, and lots of people have spare kidneys, right? Um, and so, like, there's yeah. so yeah. many and, things. And what, and what what excuse would they? Obviously, they would say no. Well, we shouldn't force people to donate kidneys or put all the kidneys in a 
that to save lives. But then my question is, well, why not? What right. excuse, what logic would you use to, to say no? And then, you know, to me, it's like, okay, whatever logic you apply to the kidneys, why couldn't we apply that to this case? And then watch them squirm. And, yeah. you know, it, it lays bare how incoherent their uh, thinking is, right? Right. And I really think it's, from my experience, at least, it's, it's, they think sacrifices can be demanded as long as it's not their sacrifice. None of the people I hear adamantly saying we need to lock everyone indoors has lost their job, right? They're all able to work from home, right? And right. so it, you know, sacrifice is mandatory as long as it's not mine. I think that's right. really the mentality and that's the fundamental ethical view and why it's a contradiction that cannot be followed. And, um, and they also, there's still this mentality of, I don't, I've not heard it explicitly mentioned, but there's this mentality of the rich will eventually pay for all of it, right? So it's like, oh, freeze rent for six months. No one has to pay rent for six months. It's like, that, that's not how the world works, right? That's not like things cost money to build, to maintain. Um, and so it's, but they think, oh, you know, the rich person who owns all the real estate will pay for it or something like that, as if it doesn't cascade and affect everyone still. Yeah, I mean, there's zero understanding of economics, you know, we, we've talked about this before the, you know, there's this view on the left that, um, that rich people hoard all the wealth, right? That, mm -hmm. that there's a, there's a certain amount of wealth in this world. And uh, the fact that the rich people have uh, most of it is why everyone else is poor. And that if they just evenly distributed it, we'd all be equally wealthy. And of course, they don't understand that wealth comes from pr production, productivity, um, and creating um, value and creating value. Exactly. It, you have to create value for others. If you're not doing that, you're not, you're not contributing to the wealth. And, you know, most wealthy people are wealthy because they're really good at creating value for others. Now, obviously, this virus also exposes a legitimate uh, thing from the left, which is we're going to see a inequality uh on steroids here uh pretty soon because the, the the government response to this uh virus is essentially a giant huge wealth redistribution to the richest people uh by force uh through central banking uh eventually through taxation um, but mm -hmm. it's going to be the banks it's going to be the big corporations that are connected to government and the politicians that do well at the expense of all the rest of us. And, and there's a reason why there's no politicians calling for everything to be open up again. Uh, you know, they, they're not feeling any pain whatsoever right now. They have zero pain. They're, they're mm -hmm. not like my neighbors who are trying to figure out how to put groceries on their table and make rent and whether they're gonna lose their house and how they're gonna pick up the pieces of their lives. None of, none of the people making decisions have that in their mind at all. They, they right. are not feeling, they have zero skin in the game here. Um, and so, yeah, there's going to be a huge wealth redistribution. You know, the banks are getting bailed out and these same banks, when, you know, you or I default on our mortgage, they get title to our property. So they're not only getting title to our property when we default on the mortgage because of this life stoppage, but now they're going to get bailed out from mm -hmm. by the central bank and the government um, at the same time. So they're going to, have my property plus uh their their balance books are not really going to take a hit because all yeah. this printed money is going to them and uh they're going to be able to use it 
Yeah, and I think not to go into, I mean, I don't even understand the economic theory very well, but it's, you, you can clearly see when there's a recession and like in the 2008 recession, there's a, like a consolidation of wealth in the richest people because the poor people, yes. they lose their business, they lose their home, they can't weather the storm, and then everything's really cheap for the rich people to just buy up. So, and then you have to ask, well, why, do the, why does this happen? And it's because of government intervention. But people don't see that either. And then they'll just point, oh, look, the rich came out of this without an issue. And it's like, okay, but why? Why did that happen? Because the government yeah. forces you to stop working, takes your money in taxes, and then bails out the big companies who are too big to fail, quote, unquote. Um, and then you wonder what's going on. And so, but then they take, they're like, oh, every American's going to get a $1,000 check. It's like they're pittance. Right. Oh, I got a thousand dollars. Meanwhile, the airline industry got however many billions or whatever. But they don't think of it that way. And, and I think because of the altruist morality, because, we, you know, we want to talk about the ethics of it. It blinds people. Oh, whatever it takes. No, I, I don't care what else happens. We're saving lives. One life saved is worth any destruction that can be had upon the economy. And they don't make the connection of how the economy is life. Right. It's the creation of values by people for people. Right. For themselves largely. Um, but they just don't. It's, it's like as soon as, yeah, a life is being saved, their, their mind turns off because they think, oh, I should sacrifice anything necessary. Meanwhile, it's barely their actual sacrifice. Right. As we as we said, I don't hear the people who I don't see on Twitter, the people who are trying to feed their family and not lose their home. Uh, talking about this yeah it's uh yeah you said it exactly there's uh the the people that are hurting the most have zero say they're having their life stripped away from them it'll be interesting to me to see how long people will put up with this i mean at at some point they're gonna say look how am i supposed to live i mean you you experienced a a taste of that over the last two weeks where you haven't been allowed to leave your apartment. Right. And, uh, like, you know, this is, this could go on for a long time. I mean, they're like, and, and, and here's the thing, like Trudeau is saying, well, life is going to have to be like this until we get a vaccine. Well, what's a vaccine going to change? You know, a vaccine has not stopped a blue pandemic from hitting us every single year. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's maybe lessened the impact a little bit, but we still have, hundreds of thousands of people and tens of millions of people get infected every year, yet we still manage to go on. You know, the enlightenment that this idea of the individual and this and human rights came at a time when was developed during, you know, uh, I believe it was developed, developed during the black death and the plague and there, and all sorts of uh, viral and pathogenic threats. Uh, We've had smallpox. I mean, this, yeah, we've never, to my knowledge, so so readily handed over our individual rights and just seceded them for a virus that in the span of history is really a nothing burger when compared to right. other viruses that have swept through. I mean, my grandparents well, even- survived not only Stalin, they survived the smallpox. And, right. you know, <laughs> so why can't we survive this? I mean, right. And like, I've, I've heard a little bit about the 1918 flu pandemic and they also didn't do this. They had localized shutdowns of some places that like it was really hitting and it was way more deadly and way more contagious, I believe. But like even into the sixties, there were many like contagious diseases killing people every year, highly contagious, 
And it's only in this privileged, you know, 30 years or 40 years that we've not had that consistently. We've not had consistent death from disease um, in, you know, these, in our first world countries. And so people forget and they get so spooked, like, oh, my God, there's a sickness. Shut everything down. But people just used to live with that. It's just a fact of life that there's a new virus that we have to deal with. But people have no context, really. Yeah. Yeah. And even, um, you know, Dana White from the UFC has been a bloody hero through all this, trying to keep the UFC events going and doing whatever he can to skirt government. He even secured a private island to have fights on and flies fighters there. And he, he, UFC 249 was going to be on some Indian reserve in Northern California, uh, you know, on their jurisdiction outside of the feds. And these Indians were going to throw their finger up to the middle finger up to the government, say, this is our land, Whitey, we're going to do what the hell we want on it. Um, Well, they, he just canceled uh, all UFC events going forward for the time being, because uh his networks ESPN the highest people at ESPN and Disney plus called them and said hey we'd we'd like it if you if you didn't go ahead with this because obviously they're going to face those those networks are going to face huge public backlash if they go ahead and and have these fights that are kind of thumbing their putting up their middle finger to uh, yeah. the government and, and this thing right yeah so it's even gotten to the UFC now and you know it's, <laughs> it's really frustrating to an MMA fan like myself and just a fan of of people who are willing to stand up for themselves and stand up for their rights to see even Dana White get washed here. It's difficult to know what to do. You know, I, I want to rally the troops. I want to lead the charge, but also I don't want to lose my job. I don't want to put my promotions in jeopardy. I don't want right. you know, all these things. And um, so I guess I'm just going to roll over and take it like everyone else is taking it. And what does that say about me? I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's a time for a great introspection for me right now. Yeah, uh, I was sitting here and taking it and putting a smile on my face. Well, when you mentioned Dana White, I go, yeah, that's why I wouldn't even I, I can't work for anyone. Right. Like I work for the one organization I think I could work for because they're uh, ardent individualists and uh, I can do what I'd like to do and they can fire me if they don't like it. Right. But um, I agree as well. Like I have been leaving my house i am going to keep living my life and you know if they put me in jail i'll deal with it kill people if they put me in jail i'll deal with it right like i have to live my life do what i think is right and when the government disagrees and uses force against me i'll have to deal with it and that's just the way i view it but i don't have much to risk um, you know, it's, so, it's like, it, it just occurred to me. It's like that game. As I have a, nothing to lose. Right. It's like, it's like that game as a kid where you step on a crack and break your mother's back. And yeah. uh, that, the, this is the modern day equivalent to that. It's like, you leave your house, a little old lady's dying. Somewhere. Right. Yeah. It's like, That's oh funny. Yeah. yeah. All right. Any last thoughts on, on this topic? Well, here, like people need to get mad about it. Not me. I need to keep my... <laughs> Oh no, we're frozen. Tick tock. And now? Now you're back. Now you're gone again. 
sorry, listeners and viewers, this is what you get at an Airbnb with bad internet. There you are. There you are. People All need right. to get mad, but not you. You need to keep your job. Yeah. Spark the revolution or something. I don't know. That's, I had some impassioned thing that I said, but uh, can't remember it. <laughs> what a spark the revolution. No big deal. Damn it. Zoom knew the overlords. They, yeah, they stopped it. it this is being routed through China. Apparently this conversation is from what I understand. Did you hear that? Zoom is uh, in some trouble because some bunch of the conversations were being routed through China or some something. I didn't hear that. There's but a, it's, a, it's let, let's leave it because I want to talk about something related to that in the next episode. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, David. <laughs>